Amen. How many say, through it all, I've learned to depend on His weight. As I greet all of you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Such a wonderful day and privilege to have made it this far. Amen. I hope they have announced about the convention. We were not thinking that we were going to have a convention. Then, but we said there is a need to do something. Amen. Then... We thought we would be here at church, but it looks like congestion is not going to allow us to be here. Uh, we'll be at uh, Protea Hotel, as Brother Philip has announced. Amen. So that you, you get to relax and enjoy the wait. Amen. And then we've got Brother Pastor Godwin Chitsindi uh, coming through from the great Zimbabwe. I certainly believe that he is going to be a blessing. Amen. Now, we appreciate everything. Uh, I was thinking that when, when you lead a church, a church is the combination of efforts of a lot of people. It's not only the pastor. The pastor just happens to be the face of it, but there's so many things that take place in the background and I hear sometimes very encouraging uh, testimonies of how people here have managed to embrace one another as a family. Amen. So you hear a brother say, you know, I don't have a family, but in brother so-and-so, I found a brother. I don't have a family, but in sister so-and-so, I found a sister. Then as a pastor, you begin to see that this message is beginning to achieve results in this area. Amen. So we appreciate everything. Uh, When we go to Protea, it's not because the church has got money. We scrap the belly of the pot all the time. It is simply because of your sacrifices. Brother Brenham says a good pastor will always make sure that his people get the best rather than for him to build his own kingdom. It's a direct quotation. Amen. So we hope that you are going to do that. Uh, And normally there are people that would normally give donations towards our convention. You are most welcome. Amen. So, Brother Mutlavi said he will cover the cost of the hall for one day. Amen. And there are so many acts of kindness that are happening amongst you. Uh, Some, they say, I'm doing this, Pastor, but uh, then I'm shy about it. But one thing Brother Branham says, God loves uh, a cheerful giver. Amen. So all these things, we achieve them because of acts of kindness. Are we together? Some, it's because of an effort. Uh, maybe you may not know, when we, a while back, I was quite moved when we had to move from a school to this place. Uh, I remember the whole board, they came around the table they personally made financial pledges 
out of their own individual capacity once that from my family this is what I will give so that we get a place and they did that and for that I salute them Amen even getting this place some families stepped to the fore and said pastor it is doable Uh, let's do this and it was done that we appreciate Amen that we certainly appreciate Amen. I, as a pastor, I really, really appreciate it so much. Amen. Because sometimes people, when they see a church progressing, they say that pastor is very wise. No, 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 no. It's not a wise pastor. It's the people that are the foundation. Amen. It's not a one-man show. If a pastor dares to be a one-man show, he will be admitted into the ICU of heart failure. The load has got to be spread evenly. Are we together? That's why every person here must take full accountability. This is my church. I will play my role. I will take responsibility because it's my church. It's not the pastor's church. It's my church. Amen. Are we together? But we are looking forward. Let's turn. God bless you, musicians. I heard that there is no song testimony. I almost said there is no someone. <laughs> Amen. Now, let's read Romans 12, verse 2. Romans uh, 12, verse 2. If a church was giving an award, this year I was going to give the sound team the best award for the best team of the year. They normally stay here when to fix the... You, you know, when sound is fine, no one sees them. When it is fine, all of us, we look there at the back, but they are doing a phenomenal job taking time out of their family to fix things. And uh, Brothers, I, I don't take you as volunteers. I take you as people that understand that sound management is a ministry and that... I really appreciate. Romans 12, verse 12, verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That he may prove what is that what is that good and acceptable and perfect and will of God? The phrase, leave it there, the phrase that I would want to extract from this text is be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Because I'm going to speak about 
the battlefield of the mind. The battlefield of the mind. Now, while I read it there, let us uh, go to Second Corinthians chapter 10. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Folks, our battle is not fleshly, it's spiritual. We can, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. That hope this morning we are going to pull down the strongholds. Maybe the stronghold of a mental block. We want to pull it down this morning. Let's continue the casting down imaginations. And everything that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Uh, We want to bring every thought into captivity. To the obedience of Christ. Amen. Uh, I'm going to read one more and then allow you to sit. Philippians 2 verse 5. Let this mind be in you. Which was also in Christ Jesus. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant. And was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, We are very much thankful this morning for your grace and mercy. We are thankful, dear God, that just being in church this morning, it is a sign of victory. Many things that could have come our way, but dear God, for us to be here, we deem ourselves to be victors, not by our efforts, not by our intellect, but by your grace. Dear God, we are going to speak on this very subject. And I believe that when we come to the end of the service, the mind of your people, dear God, 
should have the same mind that was in Christ. Their thoughts, let them be replaced by the way thoughts. As I'm standing here, many a times I know people have got mind battles. But dear God, you are more than an overcomer. And dear God, we love you because you made us more than overcomers as well. And this morning I believe that the church of the living God, under the inspiration of the revealed weight of the hour, she is rising as an invincible army. I don't care how many demons are prowling the face of the earth. I'm glad that we've got enough voltage to meet every demon and bring every demon under the subjection of the Lord. Dear God, we want to thank you, Father. Last week we spoke about against all odds. Lord, I'm glad that there were many testimonies that I've heard. Men and women that were determined that against all odds, giving up is not an option. For what we go, whether Satan likes it or not. I made a remark last week, dear God, that we need spiritual bulldozers. People, dear God, that can clear the way. Your prophet says this hour needs gallant men and women. Men and women that will take no for an answer. Men and women that will say, if he has not answered this year, he will answer next year. If he has not answered today, he will answer tomorrow. If he has not answered this week, he will answer next week. But all, when all is said and done, he shall answer. Dear God, you are an answering God. An answer may be unpleasant, but there is a way for you to answer. I commit the reading of the way to you. Those that are sick and afflicted in the building, we send the divine power of healing to every area where it is needed. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we ask. Amen. Amen. While you take your seats. Amen. Maybe before I go into the reading, Brother Andrew Mabugu, if you can stand. Uh, our brother here is from Zimbabwe, from Belvedere, from Pastor Chitsini's church. So he was this side. He did not know that there was a message church here. I uh, used to travel to Brother George Martin. Uh, but since he came, sampled what we teach and realized that there, are, there seem not to be bones. So he said, no, he will serve with us here. Amen. I like a man that comes, takes his time to check where, where are we going, what are we teaching. Amen. Brother Brenham says, check the church, uh, because every church has got a spirit. So you've got to find a church and say, is this church the right place for me to rear my family in it? then if it is right, you make it home. But if it is not right, then you, you look elsewhere. Amen. Um, I think one of the greatest decisions that you would ever make as a human being is the partner that you marry and the church where you serve. Amen. If you get those things wrong, uh, you might, it might be some, there might be some spiritual wreckages in your life. 
Amen. Uh, but here, unapologetically, without shame, without fear or favor, we are basing our teachings on the ministry of William Brennan. Amen. Uh, we can't be subtle about the messenger. We are just direct about the messenger. Amen. And we believe that we don't change the message. You take it or leave it. Don't change it. Don't rearrange it as it is. Accept it the way it is. How many believe that this message must never be rearranged? Amen. The way the messenger gave it out, it is, it is enough. Amen. I believe that it is enough. Just a sec. I'll come, Brother Fanny. Don't be nervous. The devil likes it that immediately after you get a compliment, he wants to shake your confidence, but I'm not going to withdraw it. Satan is, Satan is a liar. Amen. You, you see how the devil just, just acts fast. We say the brothers are doing well, he attacks. So that a critic can say, ah, we saw it. No, 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 no. Amen. That's why Brother Brum say, after a good service, watch out on that Monday morning. The devil is going to come and try to cause a storm. Amen. Brothers and sisters, let's start. Uh, you can, I want to make some remarks before I start. You can have a positive life with a negative mind. You can't have a positive life with a negative mind. God will allow circumstances to arise in your life to force you to face yourself. And such an encounter will take place in the arena of our minds. Did you get that one? There are times where you've got to face yourself. Confront yourself. Interrogate yourself. And God allows certain circumstances to arise in your life to bring you in that, in, to that encounter. And it takes place in your mind. Amen. Don't believe everything that you think. Don't believe everything that you think. Amen. How many believe that? Amen. There are times where your mind, your mind will betray you. That's why I say, 
don't think everything, don't believe everything that you think. Maybe uh, I might just do a quick snap survey here. How many of you, you had a certain line of thinking and you thought that had you acted in that line of thinking, your life could have been destroyed. And later, there was a change in thinking, and you realized that I actually had a bad thinking that could have resulted in negative outcome in my life. So that is why I say, don't believe everything that you think. Your hardest battles are fought in your mind. The battle is not so much about being external. It rages in your mind. Right thinking leads to right living. But within the confinement of the weight. Are you still with me? We are going to speak about the mind or the battlefield of the mind. Before I get there, there is what they call a dilemma. A dilemma is when you are caught between two opinions, two strong thoughts that are pulling you towards opposite direction. And psychologists say, if you stay in that state of being between two thoughts for longest time, it might result into mental disturbance. Are you with me? That is why we need God when we make decisions. For us to be able to make the right decisions. Are you still with me? I'm just going to give my subject a messagical context. In the message, the greatest battle ever fought, paragraph 64. The prophet of God says, now before any battle can be put in array, they first have to choose a meeting ground or a place where the battle is to be fought, a selected place. In the First World War, it was placed in no man's land and places where they fought and they've got to be a place selected. Like when Israel went to war with the Philistines, there was a hill on each side where they gathered. And that's where Goliath came out and called to the armies of Israel. That's where David met him in the valley. When he passed over the little creek that ran between the two hills, he picked up the rock. So there were two hills, but the meeting, the battlefield was in between those hills. And that, that place where the battle was to be raised, we called it a no man's land. Are you still with me? Because there's got to be neutrality. Amen. The, the brothers they are, they are far ahead. Amen. I like how when you reach, they bring, bring this 
so that when a minister adds something that is not there, the church can see. I'll leave it there, brothers. I'm fine. There has to be a place selected. In this, there is a mutual ground. That means the two enemies agree where they're going to fight. No man's land. They fight here at this place. They don't just one fight over there and one down there. One run over there. There's a battlefront where they meet and test their powers. Where each army tests its strength against the other army. A mutual place. Now, when this great battle started on earth, there had to be a mutual meeting place. There had to be a place selected for the battle to begin, for the battle to rage, and that battlegrounds begin in the human mind. This is where the battle starts. The human mind was chosen for the place of the battle where it was begin. That is because the decisions are made from the mind, the hate. They never started it from some organization. They never started it from some mechanical affair. The grounds never started there. Therefore, that organization can never, never do the work of God because the battlegrounds where you've got to meet your enemy is in the mind. You've got to make a choice. It meets you. And Brother Bram makes a remark because there was a sick young girl. He says, I want this little girl here that's very sick to be sure to listen now to this really closely. And this morning, I want those that are in the building that may be sick or confronted by different situations to listen very closely. Decisions are made in the mind, the head. There is where Satan meets you. And the decisions are because that God made a man that way. Are we together? Now, Brother Brahman says, the battle between good and evil, the battle between God and Satan, the ground on which the battle was chosen to rage from, it was your mind. And even as I'm speaking right now, there is a war taking place in the battle in your mind, because your mind is a battlefield. Are we together? Maybe the brothers, if you can just bring a diagram there, we are going to speak here. Amen. While they are bringing it, I want, when we speak about the mind, uh, and even the prophet of God spoke about these two segments of the mind, psychologists have made studies on this, uh, books have been written on this, uh, but uh, as much as there is a, a psychological perspective, I always prefer a prophetic perspective. Brother Bram says, you've got the conscious mind and the subconscious mind. Now, he says that you, if you don't mind, I'm going to take off my jacket. Amen. He says you... When you, he says, during the day, your, conscious, your subconscious mind is active. Right now, if you are not daydreaming, your conscious mind is active. You listen to what I'm saying, you process it, 
you make decisions about it. You make a decision whether it's a blessing or not a blessing, whether it's helpful or not helpful, whether scriptural or not scriptural. It is all taking place in your conscious mind. Then at night when you go and sleep, your conscious mind becomes inactive. Then your subconscious mind becomes active. We dream not through our conscious mind. We dream through our subconscious mind. Are you still with me? Now, here's the difference difference between you and the prophets. A prophet has got no split here. The conscious mind and the subconscious mind is exactly the same thing. That means while he's sitting there and looking at you, a vision can break out and he can begin to see things that are either happening in your life or that have happened in your life. He can see that. Are we together? Now, I was very intrigued because the more you study, Brother Branham makes a very striking statement, or before I get to what Brother Branham says, the psychologists, they will say, your conscious mind, it is only 10%, but your subconscious mind is 90%. So what, what the results that you see in your life are the results of your subconscious mind rather than your conscious mind. Now, how, how am I going to put it, maybe if I use the analogy, the brothers there, they've got a computer. I mean, what you see here, it is a PowerPoint. That is the software that they are using. But the software cannot work without the hardware, without that box there at the back with all the hardware inside. Now, what is happening here, your subconscious mind is more like a software. But your subconscious mind, it is the hardware. As soon as you are born, your hardware records everything that takes place in your life. There are things that are hidden in your subconscious mind that you don't remember, but they are there. And as much as you may not be aware of them, they may be influencing your life as we speak right now. I'll repeat that. There are things that have happened in your life when you were growing up that you may have forgotten those experiences that you have gone through. The very experiences that may have been forgotten and buried in your subconscious mind may be affecting your life as we speak. Are you still with me? Let's put it this way. Brother Brennan makes a striking or maybe let me go back to what science says. Science says your conscious mind has got limitations, but your subconscious mind has got no limitations. Uh, or maybe because I said your dreamland has got to do with your subconscious mind. There's never been a time when you had a dream, and while the dream is unfolding, you wanted to stop a dream and say, but uh, this is an impossible. In a dream, you can be in England and be in South Africa and Zimbabwe in a dream. But humanly speaking, it is impossible. But the subconscious mind does not know the word impossible. The subconscious mind does not know the word impossible. I'm going to repeat that because there's somewhere I'm going. 
the subconscious mind does not know the word impossible. To the subconscious mind, everything is possible. Are you here? Then I'm going to read a quotation to you. Brother Brenham says, your subconscious mind is your soul. I'll repeat that. Your subconscious mind is your soul. Therefore, your soul knows nothing about the word impossible. Everything is possible to the soul. Okay, let's just leave it like that, brother. In the message, the inside man, Brother Bram says he is in a prayer. And this is my prayer even this morning. He says, grant tonight in this lovely little church sitting here as a lighthouse. A group of people who surrender their hearts, their lives, everything they've got, willingly walk out just now and give their life freely for the cause, believes you. Oh, Father, I pray that you will endure them with great power tonight. Great power of faith. May every thought be moved from their mind. Or from their subconscious that would be contrary to your divine plan tonight. Take it away, Father. Be with us now. So, Brother Brandon is saying, may God remove any stumbling block. He says, to our mind. But furthermore, he says, to our subconscious mind. Now, I want to deal with the issue I said when you are awake, the conscious mind is active. When you are sleeping, it is inactive. Then the subconscious mind, you dream through it. Now, we believe in dreams. We believe in dreams. Do you believe in dreams? Before I read what Brother Brandon says, how many of you, there was a time where you misplaced something. You did not know where it was. You wandered and searched and searched and searched and could not find it. But uh, while you are sleeping around about 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning, then you just say, yeah. Because at that moment, now you found it. This thing was not lost in terms of the place. It was lost in your mind. And it had to be found in your mind. Are you with me? They tell us that when you think about a problem, you are likely to dream about a problem. And some, and some God uses your dreams to solve your problems. I'll repeat that. God uses your dreams to solve some of your problems. However, a dream, as much as I say we believe in dreams. Brother Bram says in the message, God is his own interpreter, paragraph 32. He says, did you ever notice how God dealt with Joseph there? In a secondary way, in the way of a dream. A dream, God deals with you through dreams, but it is the secondary way. The primary way, it is the weight. Yes. 
So I'm going to say it again. Don't believe every dream. I'll repeat again. Don't believe every dream. Your dream, you need, a woman comes to Brother Branham and say she had divorced three times and was about to marry another man. And she comes to Brother Branham and she says, you know, I had this dream that I must get married to this man. God spoke to me through the dream. Brother Branham says God can never use a dream to be contrary to his weight. Are you still with me? Dream a dream, but test it by the weight. If it is contrary to the weight, your dream may be coming from the devil. There are people that think that when they dream, it is God saying that. I, I'm very, I believe in dreams, but I'm very skeptical until I see it coming to the fulfillment. Because some people can use dreams, their dreams, or for lack of a better way, their nightmares to cripple your life. A person has got a nightmare about you, calls you in the morning. You know, sister, I had this dream about you. It's a bad dream. Normally, I just say, yes, maybe you ate something that was unpleasant. I'm looking at the word of God. Uh, hallelujah. Have you, have you met people that think that the dreams are absolute? Amen. In a secondary way, in the way of a dream... Now, we know there are dreams. We believe in dreams, as I said. I believe in dreams. God always dealt with people in dreams. But dreams are secondarily. It could be right or wrong unless it is interpreted correctly. That is why when somebody dreams a dream, we write it down and wait whether it will come to the fulfillment. When it gets fulfilled, then we say, glory to God, the dream was from God. If it does not come to the fulfillment, we say it was from the David. Are you still with me? But I want you to take, if your dream is contrary to the word of God, don't take it. Now, in the message, the inside man, maybe before I paraphrase this, what Brother Brennan speaks about in the message, the interveil. And I've said it many a times. Brother Bram says in the olden, in the ancient times, they used to have a ship. And this ship would have a controller that was in the bottom of the ship. And they would have a director who had a view of where the ship was going. So one sees where the ship is going. One does not see where the ship is going. The two have got to communicate to steer the ship in a certain direction. Are we together? So that means that the director will say, send the message to the controller and say, we need to turn to the left. Then the controller turns it to the left. Then the ship will turn to the left. Are we together? Now, Brother Brenham, he speaks about that. He says, if your conscious mind and your subconscious mind can agree on something, it is going to happen no matter how impossible it seems. I hope you are here this morning. That's why he said to the little girl, he said, I hope you are listening to what I'm saying. Because as you are sitting there, maybe you are sick. Maybe you've got a challenge or a problem of some sort. And I'm saying to you, God can resolve your problem. Then you say, Amen. 
That is the director saying amen. Hallelujah. That's why it's critical to say amen because amen is not amening to the preacher. Amen, it means that you, are, you, are, you want to stay your life during the service in a certain direction. Are you still with me? Then if you say, if I say, he is the Lord God that healeth thee of all thy diseases. And you've got a particular ailment there. And you say amen to that. Then this is the director saying amen to that. Then the message filters through down to the controller. And the, con, the, con, the director can only control the controller by the confession of your mouth. Yes, when the director says, I am blessed, yes, sir, yes, sir. the subconscious mind may say, are you sure? But the controller keeps on saying, I am blessed. The subconscious mind says, but look, things are going haywire. The conscious mind says, I am blessed. And the subconscious mind say, your family background. The conscious mind say, I am blessed. Amen. The subconscious mind say, your friends have left you. The, the director say, I am blessed. Amen. Then there's coming a time where the controller has got no choice but to come under the subjection of the director. And when it happens, then all things are possible to them that believe. Are you here, people? That is why Satan loves this area. To him, it's like a garden where he plants his seeds. And he knows that they will germatize and manifest through your subconscious mind. Folks, even when I'm preaching right now, I can sense it that some people's subconscious mind say it cannot be done. I've been through. This is the problem that I have. I don't care. You have, Brother Brum say, the right mental attitude. The right mental attitude towards any divine promise of God will bring it to pass. How do you develop a right mental attitude? This is the area. And how do you develop that? Through affirmations. Are you still with me? I hope you are with me. You know, the Bible says if the two can agree here on earth, something is going to happen. I used to think that maybe I need to go and get Brother Ezekiel and say, hey, Brother Ezekiel, let's agree on this. But later I realized that it has nothing to do with that. It means when these two fellows can come to an agreement, because if I agree with Brother Ezekiel, I don't know after he left who is he going to meet. But if I get the two to agree, something miraculous is going to happen. Folks, you are limited because life has put limits. You are limited because your background has put limits. You are limited because your doctrines have put limits. But my prophet say this may shock you. Do you realize that a man is omnipotent? That's the direct quotation. Man, Patmos vision, man is omnipotent. What does it mean to be omnipotent? He is without limitations. 
You cannot say amen to that because your subconscious mind is messed up by experiences, by backgrounds. But this morning, I want to clear, I want to unblock that channel and tell you that a a man is omnipotent. And it comes that you know that a son of God is like God. He speaks the way the way it materializes. Are you a daughter of God? A daughter of God is like God. She speaks the way to the way it materializes. All things are possible. The problem is we have listened to too much talks that have gone into the hard drive that have messed up our hard drive for a lack of a better weight. But I'm saying, when a computer, if the brothers are there, and this computer, for some reason, if it can freeze, and they want to move a mouse, it doesn't move, what do they do? Excuse me. What do they do? What do they do? They try to reset it, it doesn't move. Oh, they switch it off. Actually, they can even pull the plug out. And plug it. What they are trying? They are trying to reboot it. And if the computer allows them, they can actually go on the computer and go to what they call system restore. If if you let me give you a tip. If your computer behaves in a manner that you are not familiar with, and you want to fix it, you go to system restore. On system restore, it will ask from what date do you want to restore the system from. Then you remember that, no, I used this computer up until the first week of September. It was fine. But from beyond that, it was a problem. Then you go and say, I want to reset it to the last week of August. Then what is happening if there is a virus in the system or whatever? If you reset it there, it confuses the virus. Because you reset it back to the settings that you had in the last week of August. And this service here is not for you to hear me speak. I'm trying to restore your system back to the foundation of the world. That's why I say a man is omnipotent. That means I've gone beyond your natural birth. I've gone beyond your family. I've gone beyond your experiences. I've gone beyond your habits. And I'm saying you are omnipotent. This makes me feel good. Are you together? Your, your program, your failure is programmed. Some people divorce because people in their families are divorced. Some people get sick because somebody in the family got sick. But this morning, we want to disregard that. And say, man is omnipotent. Hallelujah. Oh, oh, oh. If, if there's one thing that I can, I hope by God's grace I can achieve is to get this man here to accept what I'm saying. And because when he accepts and can be convinced by what I'm saying, he's got no choice but to tell this fella that, listen, things must change. Things must change. Are you together? And if this one tells this one that it's business unusual, things are going to change. Brother Branham, the message, the inside man, paragraph 29. He says, when Jesus said, have faith in God, for verily, verily, I say unto you, if you, not I, not Jesus, but if you, if you shall say unto this mountain, be moved, 
and don't doubt it, it will obey you. It would have to. It would have to do just what you say if you didn't doubt. Now, believe it up here. And let's get this. Oh, brother Brenham. He says, believe it. I'm reading verbatim here. Now, you believe it up here. And now, let's get this subconscious believing too. When the subconscious and this conscious are in harmony with God, it will happen. Ah, this makes me feel good. Let me tell you something. What you get out of your life depends on you. God has given promises. Every promise in the Bible is yours. But uh, we are teaching you how to tap into that blessing. And I'm saying the reason you're struggling is because there is a mental block. Uh, Are you with me? It's like maybe you're a brother. You're in South Africa. You're here in diaspora. And you say... There's no employment. What are we going to do? Chances of me getting a job are slim. That's what Satan is telling you. He is using your national background to create a mental block. But I'm here to clear that avenue. And I'm simply saying, if you can get this and this to agree, it doesn't matter where you are geographically, it will happen. Are you still with me? Amen. Amen. Maybe just to get another quotation, let's sit and say that one it was just by chance that we got it. God's preparation, paragraph 5. Now, if the subconscious and this conscious will agree perfectly together, then when order comes, I'm the Lord that healeth thee. He is the Lord that healed me. Brahman says, this one says, He is the Lord that healed me. Then the subconscious mind says, He is the Lord that healed me. The sheep goes out of the sea. The sheep, it means you, go out of the sickness. There you are. It's got to be in agreement. God first, then this is the subconscious, the conscious, subconscious. Then there is not a shadow of doubt. No matter if the next day you were twice as sick as you were when you came to church that night. You are healed anyhow. You are just healed. There is nothing that can take it out of you. It's going to be done. That's because you have accepted it and something is anchored there that's beyond sight any physical or mental thing that you could have. Any senses would never declare it like faith. You have heard people many times say certain, certain thing. No matter how, how it looked like it was going to be that way, yet you knew it was in. It was just something that told you it's going to be this way. And usually you see that. That's when perfect agreement with conscious and subconscious has happened. Amen. Are you still with me? Amen. Amen. Let's get here. I said I and I need to bring a quotation on that when I spoke about the soul being the subconscious. Brother Bram says, show us in the message, show us the father. He says, yes, what happens? Many times people I notice in the meeting watching these tapes as they come back through the lines of discernment, 
the people will be sitting there look like they are millions miles away. They don't think of something. They they are even thinking about healing. But it's not their intellect here waking. It's not their intellect here waking. It's their subconscious waking. Your subconscious is your soul. I'm quoting him verbatim here. Your subconscious is your soul. Are you still with me? Let me get to this one. If I can move to the next slide, brothers. Amen. How many have heard a statement that the mind is the gateway to the soul? I'm going to read something here. Mary, or let me read it. Brabham says, in the message, the spoken word is the original state. He says, now let's go back. You remember what last Sunday's service was? The gate to the soul, you remember. Now, there is a womb of the physical. There is a womb of the physical. And there is a womb for the spirit. There is a spiritual womb and a physical womb. The mind is the womb to the spirit. He says that in the spoken word is the original seed. Now, he says Mary's womb, the physical, the vision womb, she believed God's word no matter how much anybody criticized. How many things somebody else said but didn't have one thing to do with it. She believed God's word regardless. I just could get that over. You're getting it? First was her mind before the act ever took place in the literal womb. So that means when Gabriel came and said, Mary, you are favored among all women and made a statement that you shall have a son and that son shall be the product of the Holy Ghost. Mary said the critical way. She said, let it be according to your weight. Brother said those words were reflecting that Mary, her, her, her spirit womb was open and received those words. And those words, once they are, they've been accepted, they translated into the physical womb. He says she had to be conceived in the spirit first before she conceived naturally. Had she rejected a close, her meant a spirit womb, which is the mind, she would have never been physically pregnant. So this morning, everything that I'm saying, if I say God, with God, everything is possible. It depends whether you open your womb, your first womb. If you say amen to that, what does it do? Then a conception takes place in your spirit womb. That is why when you are a believer and you are a seed of Abraham, you must have the capacity and the ability to testify about God's miracle in your life before it materializes. Brother Brum say it will make you an oddball. It will make people think that you have lost your mind. But Brother Brum say when you get away from your mind, you are coming closer to the mind of Christ. Are you still with me? You need to get away from your mind and get to the mind of Christ. Are we together? And I'm saying, can God, brother, say, can God trust you with a testimony of something before He does it? 
Are you still with me? Because it is in this realm where you begin to you, it has already happened. But to your people in your side, uh, people that are around you, they say it has not happened. They cannot see anything. But to you, you know that it is there. It is a matter of time before it materializes. Are you still here, people? And I'm saying, when it comes to the matters of faith, that is why without courage, you will never have faith. Faith is for those that are courageous. Because you, you, you tap into, Brother Brahma say, have you realized that the people that are super spiritual, sometimes there is a fine line between insanity and spiritual. Why does he say insanity? You are becoming an insane to the people that are around you. But to God, you will become normal. Amen. Noah says the rain is coming. It looked insane, but to God, it was sanity. Things, are you still with me? Our ways are not like his ways. Our thinking are not like his thinking. That is why this morning I want you to get you into a sphere where you will think God's way of thinking. And if you get to those realms where you think the way God thinks, I tell you, my brother, there is nothing on this earth that shall ever stop you. No negativity, no doubt, no background, no experience, no habit. Everything, it will be a breakthrough and breakthrough day after day, week after week, year after year. I'm trying to capacitate you as God's powerhouse this morning. But for you to do that, there is certain, there's got to be a clarity of mind. And I'm simply saying, you cannot achieve it with your mind. Your mind is messed up. I don't care whether it has an education, it is messed up. That's why you need to get away from your mind. And let the same mind that was in Christ, this morning, the same mind must be found in you. Are you here, church? And when you begin to get, I mean, with Christ, there has never been a time where you looked at something and said this is impossible. To him, everything was possible. And when you get to the mind of Christ, to you, everything is possible. Are you here? How many people here in the building that have been held up, held back by past experiences? How many here have been the prisoners of the past? And even when you start working on something, you are afraid that it will fail. And your past is a point of reference. Why? Because your mind is messed up. Sometimes the theology can mess up your mind. Experiences can mess up your mind. Habits can mess up your mind. But the message of William Brenham is here to reboot the entire system and to tell you all things are possible to them that believe. And there is no cure for the mind than the unadulterated word of the living God. Do you know, brother, say if you've got enough faith, you can grow your limbs. If you've got enough faith, we have seen in the ministry of Brother Brenham, tell me, how can a human mind comprehend when a man that was born by sex desire takes a little girl and says, my girl, you are blind. 
Shall we pray for the little girl and say in the name of Jesus Christ, Satan, I rebuke the spirit of blindness. And Brother Brennan held his hands against the eyes of the child. And before he says, before I open your eyes, honey, what kind of color of eyes do you need? It is difficult. Blue eyes are rare. Only a, 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 a small percentage of world's population has got blue eyes. The girl must have thought, I need something special. Hallelujah. Mommy does not have blue eyes. Daddy does not have a blue eyes. No one in my generation has got a blue eye. But a prophet of God has given me an opportunity to choose the color of my eyes. And I say, I need the blue eyes. And Brother Brenham held the child and said, receive your blue eyes. And the child had the blue eyes. All things are possible to them that believe. And this morning I say, what do you want? What do you want this morning? Brother Brenham needed the squirrel. The little girl needed the blue eyes. Oscar needed a two ponies, his two ponies. What do you want? Sister Hattie needed her two sons. What do you want? All things are possible to them that believe. Oh, get away from your mind. Everything is possible to them that believe. I want to remove that mental blockage and make you to have the right mental attitude towards the divine promise of God. I say everything is possible to them that believe. What do you want? What do you want? And what I did, start praising God. Say, I got it. I've received it. It is not there, but I know it's there. By faith, I know it's there. I don't need the evidence. My faith is the evidence. How many say, my faith is the evidence? Folks, this ministry is the greatest ministry of all time. We cannot sit there and look like we are often our God is the Father. Our God makes things to be possible. And right now, He can begin to make things happen in your life. I feel some people think it is just Sunday. Hear me out. You are not going back the way you came. I say you are not going back out the way you came. We are now pulling down the strongholds. And we are bringing every thought in captivity to the word of God. And I want to say, Lighthouse Tabernacle, think his way of thinking. Think his way of thinking. Can you repeat after me? Think his way of thinking. I'll repeat after me. Think his way of thinking. I will make you repeat. Think his way of thinking. I think, Brother when you make the choir to, to sing, you make them repeat and repeat until they get the note right. I want you to get the note right. Think his way of thinking. I'll repeat that. Think his way of thinking. Don't think like your mother. Don't think like your father. Don't think like your church. Think like Christ. Hallelujah. Think his way of thinking. Do you believe that, folks? 
I want to activate. There are people that are still leaking. I want them, if this church can come into the unity of faith right now, things are going to... That's what my prophet said. He said then the supernatural channel opens and something slips out yonder and it comes down and they say you had a sad face then you begin to smile. Hallelujah. He says your muscles begin to be happy. He said what's happening? The power of God moved from yonder and it came into your body but you've got to say I accept it. I'm looking for a spirit of defiance to defy Satan to defy demons to defy backgrounds to defy experiences to defy habits to defy everything and say I am a conqueror I am a conqueror by the grace of God I am a conqueror we are not going home defeated I refuse you are not going home defeated. Amen. You are not going to drag yourself out of church. Amen. When the power of God has been released to the church, Amen. right now, we are shaking every situation. Amen. We are shaking every situation. In the name of Jesus Christ. Sister, you are sitting there and think, I've lost my children. Hear me out. No one loses a thing. In God's economy. Hallelujah. And actually it is a great thing to lose something. Because it means God has taken it. And is going to bring it. Not alone. Sevenfold there's got to be an interest. Hallelujah. I don't worry about losing a thing. Because the Bible says if you want to keep your life. You will lose it. But if you lose it. For the sake of the gospel. Hallelujah. We have lost our families. We have lost our families. We have lost our friends. We have lost our churches. Hallelujah. Peter says to Jesus, what are we going to get? We have lost everything. What are we going to get? He said, wait a minute, Peter. There is more that you're going to get. Like Job of the old, there is more that you're going to get. I want to clear this mental blockage. Some of you, your minds were messed up by a teacher. Teacher just came and looked at you and said, you're a child with special needs. Made it polite but insultive. I'm told Abraham Einstein never spoke until he was six years old. Parents got worried. What's happening? During the time when he could not speak, they say his imagination was more highnessed than most children. When others would say, Mama, Mama, the parents were worried. He couldn't say, Mama. Maybe they thought that this, this is the lost case. They did not know that that child will war, grow up and change the course of events. Don't judge me based on what you see now. Don't judge me based on what you see now. 
Hallelujah. Uh, isn't the case if you need if you need a suit, you don't just phone your tailor and say size forty three. No, no, a good tailor knows that I need to measure you first. Because he knows that you don't remain constant. And that's why I don't measure me. I don't remain constant. I grow every day. I grow every day. Amen. Have you seen people think that when they've left you, they're going to find you there? We grow, folks. We grow. We become better every day by the grace of God. I don't fight the demons that I used to fight yesterday. No, 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 no. If Satan can send the same demon year after year, I've got a problem. He's undermining me. No, I need to in better grace, better opposition to attain more victories. You, you, you want, do you want, still want to fight the same battles that you fought against in Christ? Oh, come on. If you're in metric, you need the exam to be set to reflect that you're in metric. Once you are done with metric, you are tertiary. You want the exam to reflect that you are at first year. And when you are at the third year, you want the exam to be set to reflect you that you are at the third year. And I say, I don't we need the challenges of the first church age. I don't need the challenges of the second church age. I need the challenges of my time. Why? Because I'm equal to the task. I say, if you get your conscious mind to agree with your subconscious mind, something is going to happen. And all you've got to do as a church, you need to get your conscious mind to say, no matter how vile, how evil this age is, you are coming out as a victor. Are you here? Same methodology, approach that Gabriel used on Mary. The same approach that Satan used to Eve. Spoke to her. A spirit womb opened. She received it. And she became physically pregnant. But she had to be pregnant in the mind first. The reason you came to church, we want to pregnate you with the seed of God so that you can express the life of God in your life. The womb to open and say, yes, it can be done. Yes, this life can be lived. And when you accept that, then it brings your entire life under the control of that confession that was accepted in the conscious mind. Are you with me? Have you realized why do you think every critic that would criticize you would want you to hear about it? They know that if you can accept that criticism in your subconscious mind, and the sub- in your conscious mind, and your subconscious mind accepts that, they have crippled your life. Have you seen every time when you begin to speak good about yourself, you create enemies? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm telling the truth. People like to hear about your struggle. They don't want to hear about your blessings. Because they know that your struggle reinforces the doubts in your life. Even church people. If somebody comes and says, I'm blessed, they say, have you got pride? What are you talking about? Are we together? But my prophet says our God is a great God. I'm going to brag about him. I'm going to brag about what he's doing in my life. 
I'm going to break about what he's doing in my family. I'm going to break about what he's doing in every area of my life. Because the more I break about him, the more it reinforces in me that my God is equal to the task. The problem we have been mute about God's ability. Somebody says Christians write their testimonies on sand and write their problems on the rock. A testimony written on the sand gets easily wiped out. But a, a problem that is written on the rock is there to stay. And every time you go and look at the same thing, it's written there. I'm saying, don't write your testimonies on the sand. Write your problems on the sand. Write your testimonies on the rock. And every morning you go to that rock, and that rock is Christ. And say, through Christ, I can do everything. Through Christ, I can do everything. Folks, we want to get you where you know that everything is possible. That this God is not a God of yesterday, but is the God of today. I, I sit down with a lot of people sometimes in the counseling session, and people speak and speak. And sometimes I pause, I say, goodness, there is no problem here. The problem is the way he's thinking. The problem is the way she's thinking. If we can fix the thinking, everything is right. Have you, have you realized when your mind is hazy, cloudy, small problems become bigger? Amen. A small setback becomes a major setback. Small disease becomes a big disease. Because your mind can be a great servant, but it can be a terrible master. A mind can be a great servant or a terrible master. How do you make it to be a great servant? The Thai tea people, they say, gigo. Garbage in, garbage out. If it is garbage thought, you're going to get a garbage life. If it is a holy thought, you're going to get a holy life. And my question is, within the secret chamber of your mind, what is it taking place? What thoughts are there? And remember, thoughts have got energy. They transmit the energy. Some of you, you don't know why you walked in, where you expected to get, where you thought you were supposed to get rejection, but you got acceptance. And somebody that you thought will be accepted was rejected is because what they think transmit an energy. And the people that they come in contact with, they are subject to that energy. If you have been meditating the whole week, the whole month, my God is going to do it. My God is going to do it. Then you come into a doctor that knows that there is a problem, there is a cancer of some sort. And he looks at you, then he comes around and says, listen, I don't think, I don't know, I've not run the test yet, but I don't think that there is that cancer. He said, doctor, how do you know if you have not run tests? It's because your attitude that is shaped by your thoughts transmits an energy 
that says everything is possible until the doctor, who is not a believer, looks at you and says, we've got to trust in God. What happened? You brought him under the subjection of the thoughts that dominate your mind, the ways that dominate your confession. That's why when you are a believer, never have a negative mind. I say you, you need to protest against a negative mind. What does Paul say, brother? Bring the scripture that we read in Romans. Do you still remember the scripture? Romans 12, verse 2. Is it found? Okay. Therefore, there's something that I'm going to need again in... Okay, let's read it. It says, And be not conformed to this world. And be not conformed to this world. The word conform, it means conformity. You find people thinking this way, doing that way, then you conform. A lot of times, have you realized if you get into a group of people that you are not familiar with, it is natural to want to conform. So that means if they are loud and you are not loud, you would want to be loud to conform because conformity leads to acceptancy. And non-conformity leads to non-acceptancy. And in a world, Brother Branham says, if you are a Christian, you become an oddball. That means you can walk into a group where everybody is shaking their heads and you say, Let's try one more. I think something may happen. It's because you are not a, a conformist. You do not conform to that norms. So Paul says, we must not conform to these norms. What does it mean? If, if those world says, children are going to be corrupt, we are not going to conform. Ours are not going to be corrupt. And as we said last week, against all odds, they are not going to be corrupt. If marriages fail, ours are not going to fail. We are not going to conform. Are you still with me? And I'm saying you cannot be a good Christian unless you defy what the world has set as a standard. Are you here, young girls? If they date, you don't conform. No, you are not a conformist. You only conform to the word of God. And it gives you a recipe. It says, be ye transformed. By the renewing of your mind. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That ye may prove what is that good. And acceptable. And perfect. Will of God. Amen. Philippians 4. Verse 4. Okay, let's really read it. Let's move to verse, verse 7. 
And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Are you thinking on things that are true? Are you thinking on things that are honest? Are you thinking on things that are just, things that are pure? things that are lovely, things that are of good report, if you think on these things, there's no way that your life can go haywire. Do we agree that you've got to fix your thinking? The Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he. And I'm saying, what are you thinking? In the gallery of your mind, what are the things that are there? And it speaks about the inner peace. Do you know that there are people that cannot spend time with themselves? They get absolutely upset with themselves, with their thoughts. Because there is no inner peace. And what can bring inner peace is the word of God. And it is necessary that every believer must have a moment of solitude where you are alone, where you have shut down the noises of the world, where you spiritually reboot. Because as you, during the day, I don't know how many know, during the day, there are certain messages that you pick up and they become part of your system. And at night, you need to reject some of them. Are you here? There's got to be a time where you review the day. And if there is a thought that you know that this thought is not in line with my values, is not in line with my faith, reject it. Don't tell us about it because the moment, brother, let me say, I can't blame you when birds fly over your head. But if they build a nest, I will blame you. That means there will be negative thoughts, but you've got to have the determination to reject it. I don't know who I was telling, I think it was yesterday, I said, listen, you need to know that when you run a marathon, if you can sit down and this is a 98-kilometer marathon, and you think that 98, yeah, you are not going to go anywhere. But if you think that two kilometers, another two kilometers, another 10, you will finish. Why? An elephant is eaten in chunks. Are we together? So that means every, your battles in life, you need to fight them systematically. Don't fight all battles. Some battles you need to walk away from. And actually, before the important battle, the devil brings a useless battle just to get you de- de- drained before the great battle. Learn to walk away from certain battles. You are not here to fight every battle. Prioritize your battles. Are you here? I know people who want to fight. I mean, 
If somebody gossiped about you, is there a time to phone them and say, we need to have a meeting? Brother, you're going to be drained. There's greater battles. Certain things, they need to be ignored. Say, Satan, I don't care about that. Because what? I've got a singleness of mind. There is a battle that I must fight. Learn to reserve your energy. Are you here, people? So they they don't just fight every battle. They prioritize. Because certain things can pollute your mind. But the word of God is here as a purifier of thoughts. And if you want, look at uh, David. Every time he would write Psalms and things that he wrote in the book of Psalms, you can hear it's a man purifying his thoughts. And there's no better way to purify your thought than to pause and reflect on what God has brought you through. And draw strength from what he has brought you through. And it will propel you to another victory. Are you with me? That's why in this church I encourage you, learn to celebrate small victories. And that's why when you are a believer, you are mature. If you find another brother celebrating small victory, don't undermine him. It is his victory. It may look insignificant to you, but to him, it's something great. Are you here? Are you here? If I get an old car, which is a jalupi that can break every time, if I rejoice, don't look at me and say your car breaks down. I don't care. If God can give me this one, it gives me confidence, he's going to bring another one. And I'm not going to allow you to pollute my mind and say this is useless. There is no victory that is useless. Every victory is there to energize a believer for another victory. Imagine you find David after he had fought to the lion. And he killed it and he, he testified, said, brethren, I was out in the woods fighting against the lion. I ripped it apart. And another brother said, useless thing. We are talking about wars against nations. You tell us about a lion. And some people will even find ways to discredit and say, ah, that lion must have been a sick lion. And even they talk and say, brothers, they meet sick lions that are about to die. And he claims that he has killed a lion. But he would have never discouraged David. Why? Because you were not there when he had that encounter. He knew that my life is at stake. He knew that if I don't do anything and God does not intervene, I'm dead. He knew that it was a healthy lion. And he took it and ripped it apart. And began to glorify God. Say, I was out in the woods and God helped me. And he had the thoughts of a victor. He mediated upon victory. And said, if God is with me, nothing will stand before me. The lion, it was nothing. One day he saw the bear. He said, this bear does not know who I am. Hallelujah. Have you ever seen a believer that has got an experience of what God can do? When they meet a challenge, when you feel sorry for them, they say, wait a minute. You don't know where I was and what I've experienced. This is nothing compared to what I experienced. And he took the bear, he ripped it apart. And David was not done. Because he had a mind of a victor. One day they sent him out into the woods. And they said, go and take a lunch and give it to your brethren. 
What a useless job. It is in those humble assignments that you undermine that God will use you to take you to prominency. Had he refused to take the lunch, he would have never had an opportunity to see a situation that he could resolve. Some of you, if you get sent to do something, say, ah, me, I'm a man, you can't send me. Oh, you don't know. Greatness is hidden in small things. And David, on that day, he came in. Very petite young boy. Walked in. His thinking was right. His thoughts were right. His attitude was right. And God presented a, an opportunity. And he walked in and he realized there was Goliath, the big giant, casing the army of God, swearing at them for 40 days and 40 nights. Men that were big in stature like Saul, they were hiding. They were speaking in harsh tones, lest they be identified by the enemy and say, are you talking about me? But a young man came there, walked in, and saw the enemy, and it says something is not right. Something is not right. Who is that uncircumcised Philistine? Hallelujah. He was able to diagnose that in Israel, we are circumcised. We don't have too much flesh. We fight by the Spirit of God. Who is that uncircumcised Philistine? The brother said, hey, shh. Young man, shh. Says me, I will take him on. It's not the size of the. It's not the size of the fight that matters. It's the size. It's not the size of the dog that matters. The size of the fight in the dog. And he says, No, 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 no. Me, I'm taking him on. Is there a reward? They say, Oh yes, there is a reward. He that overcomes him will marry the king's daughter. But he was not doing it for the sister. He was doing it to preserve the testimony of the Lord. The sister, it was just a bonus day. Amen. Amen. Now he said, no, I'll take him on. Then Saul says, come, young man. Then he says, but you are not a man of war. David looked, very petite young man, looked at Saul, that giant, and said, king, you don't know. You don't know where I've been. I killed the lion. I killed the bear. Saul must have thought this young man, his imagination is running wild. Says, no, give me that man. He says, no, but young man, we need to protect you. And they put some armaments there. And he moved a few steps. He says, no, 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 no. When I met the bear, I was not wearing this. I will not go to the enemy with something that is untested. No, 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 no. It was by the name of the Lord that I overcame the lion. It was by the name of the Lord that I overcame the bear. And this Goliath, I'm going to subject him to the name of the Lord. And he took off his regalia and moved it down in civilian clothes. And an enemy was in the military, a military regalia. And he came down and Goliath realized I'm being undermined. I held the nation hostage for 40 days, 40 nights. Now they are bringing this petite boy. The Bible says, David ran towards Goliath. He was not approaching 
cautiously. He had confidence in the name of the Lord. Brother Ruth said they were just by the river, there were stones. And he picked up five of them representing the name Jesus. Representing grace. And he put it into the slingshot and ran towards the enemy. And all he had to do, he just, he just uh, waved. He waved the slingshot. He swung the slingshot and released the stones. He did not care where they went. He knew that it was not the stones that will kill Goliath. It is not my resources that will kill Goliath. It is the power of God. And brother said the stones were splitting. And say the Holy Ghost came on top of one stone. And the wind blew it. And it changed the trajectory. And there was a small hole where the enemy was exposed. The enemy did not know that he was exposed. David did not know that he was exposed. Saul did not know that he was exposed. Philistines did not know that he was exposed. But God, the almighty God, knew that somewhere the enemy was vulnerable. When the stone came and hit him here, and he fell, his legs went up, and David ran over. And stab onto him, cut off his neck, took out. Oh, if you are scared of a wall, stay with me. Cut off his head and lifted up his head and showed it to the Israelites and showed it to the Philistines. The Philistines ran for cover. Hallelujah. And this morning I'm saying, I don't know who's your Goliath, but I say there is a tested weapon. You don't do much. You just need to take a slingshot and swing it. You do the swinging. God will do the redirecting. Hallelujah. Just swing it. Swing it and release the stones. One of your stones will be redirected by God. And before you know it, the enemy will be down. Hallelujah. Brother Bram said, take whatever you have and hit the David. Hit him with a song. Hit him with a testimony. Hit him with a scripture. Hit him with a quotation. Whatever you do, hit the David. Hallelujah. Are you here, church? Hit the enemy. The problem we analyze too much is the slingshot, the hide. No. God is not an analyst. He's looking for faithful men and women. The mind was right. The attitude was right. And God brought the victory. This morning, I don't know what you are facing. I don't know what are your giants. But the bigger they are, the harder they fall. And I want to say, do whatever is necessary. Fix your mind. Fix your thoughts. Then you'll fix your attitude. Then your life will begin to shape in a certain direction. Are you here? Brothers, I will address this every time. Economy is collapsing. That is Tito Mbawini's one. Not the heavenly economy. That one has never suffered recession. Are you here? And it is when the natural economy has collapsed, 
where we are looking for sons of God. God says to Israel, I'll raise you up as a nation and make other nations to come and borrow money from you. And you look at Israel, God has kept his way. And I'm preaching to the natural Israelites. And I say, when you keep God's way, their resources will never run dry. Are you here with me? Some of you, you don't sleep at night because of petrol. Wherever you get, some of you are saying the way petrol price is so high, even the church is no longer singing Koluya Elia. <laughs> the song that we used to sing, the chariot of fire, they say, because the petrol price is high. I'm not praying for God to reduce the petrol price. I'm praying to God to upgrade you so that it must not be an issue. Somebody will accept it. I'm not praying that it should go down. I'm praying that you go up. It should not be an issue to you. Yes, some accept it. Some still need to get a calculator. I will repeat. God will have to upgrade you. So that you are a provider and your family is sustained. Despite the conditions of the time. That widow that received Elijah, everybody was going hungry, there was famine on the land, but in her house, oil never ran dry. Flour never ran dry. Brother Brahma said because she accepted God's gift. And when you accept God's gift, Brother Brahma says it becomes a golden age. And I say this morning, let there be a golden age in your life. But it will open your spirit womb. Accept it. The city will grow within. God bless you, Rish. Did it help you, folks? Amen. Amen. Brother Masuma, there is an army rising. You know, there is a song that you sang when we were in Zimbabwe. I forgot it, but it was a lovely song that you led when you were on stage. You remember it? Okay. We're going to give Brother Kuni to sing a song. We are spinning on the power from above. You just quickly go and print it, type it for them quickly. We're going to sing it. It made our Zim family to be happy that side when we were there. Let's stand to the feet. Here we stand, we proclaim victory.
teach you. Amen. Hallelujah. Whatever God gives to me, remember in the morning we spoke about the 600 direct promises. Yes. Whatever God gives to me, yes. I receive. Yes. 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 I feel like I did a short scene. Yes. Uh, you are about to fire some people. Uh, where are they? Sister Rebecca, step to the fore. She's coming. Oh, okay. Uh, who else? Who's Shona? You need? 
Brother, they say you step to the fore. Brother, tell me to let's give the brother. And then who, who else? Statenai. Uh, okay, she says she'll give it a miss. Oh, they, they say our flight can take off. Before they sing, let's get their tongue adjusted to Shona. Can you pronounce that one first? Andirambeshe. 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 Okay. Can we, can we repeat after Brother Marcus? Again? Okay, that one is adjusted. Tongues are set for Shona. Ninotora. Kage? Ah, no, then we are good. Hallelujah. 
that's how we sing when we are in Zimbabwe. Isn't it such a beautiful thing that the message has gone to every land and every nation and have their way to appreciate what God has done through this message in their land. The beauty at Lighthouse Tabernacle we can bring every country here and sing their way. Amen. When he sang it in Zimbabwe, I was saying to some pastors, I say, ah, pastors, it looks like you are struggling to sing your song. We came from South Africa to teach you to sing your song. Amen. Ah, but we appreciate the Lord. Let's just say, I am redeemed. I am redeemed. Brother Lassim will come and uh, with the, uh, close with a word of prayer. I think the I am the God that came down and dwelt amongst us, O oh Father. Lord, we appreciate you, we thank you, we love you, O oh God. Not because we are able to love you, Father, but when we look down, O oh Lord Jesus, at that cross, O oh God, as we look, O oh Father God, remember the days, O oh Father, when you bear that burden, O oh Father, of the cross, O oh Lord. When you were going there, knowing, O oh Father, that they were going to crucify you, O oh God. 
Lord, you said, let not my will, but thy will be done. Father, because in your mind you had us, oh Father. You saw us here in Whitbank, oh God. This small, humble group, oh Father, we were in your mind, oh Father God. Before the creation, oh Father God. When we're still in sin, oh God. Father, you loved us, oh Lord yes. Jesus. And you sacrificed your own life, oh God. You did not send Gabriel. You did not send Michael. You did not send any archangel, oh Father. But you came down on your own, oh Lord Jesus, Father. You, Father. And oh my God and my Lord, how we feel so humble, oh Father, this morning, oh God. To know such love, such wondrous love. The love that redeemed us, oh God. The blood, oh Father, that was shed, oh Lord Jesus. Father, even though sometimes you were also hungry, oh God, Lord Jesus. Father God, you did not have enough to eat, oh God. But you bear the burden, oh God, because of us, oh Lord. And here we are, oh Father. We like to appreciate the pastor and the job that he's doing, oh Father. That he may bring you a, 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 a bride from Whitbank, oh Father God. And Lord, Father God, we thank you, oh Lord Jesus. Every day, oh Father, you are teaching us, you are leading us, oh Father. You are showing us the way, oh God. Oh my God and my Lord. One day, the, he shall preach his last sermon, oh Father. Yes. And what then, oh Lord Jesus, oh my God and my Lord, may you help us toe the line, oh God. May you help us, oh Father God, rise to the standard, oh Father, of the spirit that is behind every sermon that he preaches, oh God. Mm. He is not just coming here to report for duty, oh Father, but he is becoming here, oh Father, yielding himself, oh God, that you may take over, oh Lord Jesus. And we here, we are witnesses, oh God, that is not his efforts, oh Father, that is his humility, oh God, as he humbles himself, you come, oh Father God, enter him, oh Lord, and you take us, oh God, to other levels, oh Father. Oh my God and my Lord, how we thank you this afternoon, oh Lord Jesus, Father. We know that in between us there are new guys that are coming in, oh Father. Mm. They might not understand, oh God, but oh Lord Jesus, you are the only one, oh Father. There are certain things that he has touched, but he didn't finish them, oh God. Mm. You can go inside of those people, Father. Touch those things and complete them, oh Father, God, Lord Jesus, that they might see Messiah, oh Father. Oh my God and my Lord, even those guys that were going to Emmaus, that said, didn't our hearts burn within us, oh Father. My God and my Lord, our hearts are still burning even now, oh Father. There is something that we desire, oh Lord Jesus. How we desire that it will always be a Sunday, oh God. How we desire that it will always be a Sunday in church, oh Father. When we go out to our work, oh Father. How we miss this spirit, this environment, oh Father. This, oh Father, God, Lord Jesus, oh my God and my Lord, this moment, oh Father, it will take us far, oh God, if we preserve it within us, oh Father. It will get us far, oh Father, if we keep it within us, oh Lord Jesus, how we persuade our hearts, oh Father, and our minds, oh God, we have learned of God about the conscious mind and the subconscious mind. If these two agree, oh Father God, yes. greater are things that we can do, thank oh Father. You. Lord Jesus, we thank you, oh Father, for we have come to the knowledge, oh God, that the two things that we have spoken of is not me and my wife, me and my brother, but the subconscious mind and conscious mind, oh Hallelujah. Father. If they are come together in harmony, oh Father God, Lord Jesus, we will be unstoppable, oh Father. We will be an invisible army of yes. the Lord, oh Father. Oh my God and my Lord, Father, we appreciate you, oh Lord Jesus. May you restore the energy, the virtue that came out of the man of God, oh Father. May you reward him, oh Father God, for the hard work that he is putting into this work, oh Father. He's not just taking it as a job, oh Father, but he knows that he's going to be answerable for every spirit, oh Father, for everyone that is in this house, oh God. Oh my God and my Lord, may we support him, oh Father. May we pray for him, oh God. May we be there with him. May we make the job less 
heavy for him, oh Father. Oh my God and my Lord. Father, we thank you, oh Lord Jesus, as we are here, oh God. May you touch the sick, oh Father, amongst us, oh Father. May you heal, oh Father God, Lord, those that are need, I need of you, oh Father God, to heal them, oh Father. We just pray, oh God, that may you give us a fruitful Father God, weak, oh Lord, as we look away to you, oh Father. May we come to get, get back together again on Wednesday, oh Father God, still, oh Father God, hungering and thirsting, oh Father, even as we take our cars for services, oh Father. Yes. We need that midweek service, oh God, as we come to service our spirits, our hearts, our lives, oh Father God. We need another another dose of energy, oh Father, to continue on this week, oh Father. We thank you for the things that you have done amongst us, oh Father. Everyone has got a testimony of the things that you have done unto them, oh Father. Yes. We come together with those testimonies, oh Father, as we know that you are the only one who made it possible, oh Father. We give you all the glory and honor, oh Father. Hallelujah. Be with us as we shall go back to our houses, oh Father. May this song of rejoicing, oh Father, be in our hearts, oh May God. Day in, day and night, oh Father. May we be able to separate a time, oh God, like the pastor has encouraged us, oh Father, that we'll be alone with you, oh Father God. Yes. Those times when we are alone with you, oh God, those are the times that we take stock of our lives, oh Father. Those are the times that we can we can condemn, we can judge ourselves, oh Father God. We can look upon ourselves, oh Father, not with righteousness, oh Father, but Lord Jesus, look upon us, oh so God, through, Father God, the real eye of judgment, oh Father. Mm. For, for, for judgment comes, begins in the house of the Lord, and if we take those words, oh Father God, and look into ourselves, oh Father, we know where we are, we know how we are doing, oh Father, and Lord, we'll be humble enough, oh Father, to ask a closer walk with you, oh Father. Yes. We thank you, oh God. Bless us, we go out. In Jesus Christ's name we, are, we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Oh, we can bring it up, brothers. We set on Saturday, we'll start at 4 o'clock on the 16th. Uh, then on the morning, it will be 9 o'clock. So it is the 15th evening, 16th morning, and then the 16th afternoon. So the afternoon is 4 o'clock, the morning is 9 o'clock. Pray for the meetings. If you've got anything that you want to donate, you are most welcome to see the trustees as the Lord leads you. Amen. God bless you richly. We are looking forward to have Pastor Godwin Chitsindi with his wife here in South Africa. I'm, I'm certainly looking forward. Amen. Okay. Oh, all right. Oh. Is Mabuga Mu or Mugui Mugui, brother Andrew Mugui? Yeah, not Mabuga. All right, God bless you. You got it, brethren. Is brother Andrew Mugui? What does it mean, Mugui? Is it okay? Madiba means stream. Okay. Oh, okay. Miss Madiba, it means Mr. Stream. Amen. God bless you. Now, God bless you, then we shall see you. We are joined hands with the Father. We are the children of God. We are a family bonded by the love of God. And pray for the meetings. That may God undertake for us. Uh, amen. Uh, brother, pray. If there's one thing that makes me proud about this church, 
is the attendance of Wednesday services. Absolutely encouraging. Uh, most, most, most churches struggle with attendance on Wednesdays. But here, you are doing exceptionally well. I always say, if, if it's 80% capacity, we are doing well. Amen. Being cognizant of commitments during the week, but on the overall, we are doing very well. Let's keep it that way. Amen. Are we together? Um, God bless you, Rishi. Just clap a round of hands for yourself. Amen. You know there are people that cannot take a compliment. If you say you're well dressed, you say Anna. Amen. So just say when a compliment is given, you say thank you, and you know what you need to keep on doing very well. God bless you. We are. For the Father, we are joined and we desire.
glad I can say I'm one of them. Amen. Sister Rachel is not here. She's getting married. Not that she's getting married now. She's going to get, get married. So she just went to Pastor Matlangu's church in Middleburg for her to be announced. The young man that marries her is there at Pastor Matlangu. Uh, last week she was back home with Pastor Tamara where she was announced. Hopefully next week we will announce her here. Amen. So we wait upon the Lord. The Lord provides. In his time and in his season, he brings the right people. Amen. Wonderful. Now I'm done. Let's knock off. Uh, just one, maybe Brasbu, let's get our war cry and then till we see you on Wednesday, Sam, and then Sam will see you on Sunday. On the first, our young people would have a function here in the afternoon. Uh, let's support them. We shall be here and hear out what have they prepared for us for our edification. Amen. Just for them trying something to miss an edification. We rather have them attempt things with us. Uh, you know, the, there's a demo, new demonic song where if it plays, people fall and faint. That's just demonic. Amen. I think when you are well dressed, you won't fall. Yeah, so uh, you, you get what I mean. Now, but when young ones fall, they even encourage them and say, hey, she's a good dancer or is a good dancer. So our young people must be encouraged because at least they don't faint. faint. They edify us. Amen. So I don't know how do they drive. Some they want to faint while they are driving. It's just chaos. Amen. God bless you, Rishi. Give us that song. Uh, turn around and say to your neighbor, it was good that you were here. May God bless you.